Welcome back to the Just Browsing Podcast. I am your co-host, Zach, back again with young Matthew. And we are here to bring you the 2014 year of movies in our ongoing series on movie recaps per year based on... What should we call this series? Yeah, Because we we're just this? like an ongoing series, but... Yeah. Mm, the yearly recap... Or the, mo- the yearly recap movie series? I don't, I don't know. I'm just the yearly recap man. movie series 20-something to 20-something. Yeah. The end. If By... anyone has not heard, we started with the year 2013. Because I'll give a little uh, background to this as well that I did on our last episode. We'll do the movie um, flashbacks. Because that's what I, I did. M- movie flashbacks. A 2013 okay. movie yeah. flashback. So if you haven't listened to it yet... Go back and right. listen to there you, go. you know, so, 2013 movie I guess this would be the 2014 movie flashback. Yes. So, I have started these lists. Every year, I compile a list of the movies that I saw that year, that were released that year, and I give them a rating of one to five stars, and then I rank my top five favorites for the year. So, the following, we'll, we'll kind of follow the same format we did for the last podcast and just kind of freestyle and talk about these movies a little bit, and I will cover my top five at the end. Matt will go over his top five at the end that he's going to compile while we're doing this podcast because he's unprepared. I want everyone out there out there to uh, to note that down. I also right want to note this down that I asked for this list multiple times yesterday during the day, and I didn't receive it until let's I think my, it was nine thirty last my night. Email. Nine, yeah, nine thirty last night. So I definitely did say I was going to send this to you last time we were here doing. You a said podcast, you were going to send this to I me after that, so. the uh, yeah. twenty thirteen, which was that's, that's my bad. You know, November twenty second. That was what nine days ago. You did have all day today, though. What were you doing, Matthew? You working? Yeah. Who does that? You got to keep a roof over this okay. thing's house. All right, fair a enough. Roof over so, this thing's house. There we go. Plain so, words. <laughs> Um, Matt will compile his top five while we are talking, and I'll kind of, I'll go through the actual list. I'll go through how many stars I gave all of them. I'll talk about some of my favorites. I'll talk about some that I did not like at all, and then we'll go over the top fives at the end. I did pull up as well for this discussion something to add um, to each episode in this series of movie flashbacks we're going to do. I'm going to cover the top five grossing movies for that year, and then the movie that won Best Picture Oscar. I thought that'd be kind of interesting to look back at. So, without further ado, I'm going to just run through this list. Is that cool? You want me to just rattle them off? Yeah, I mean, I think you can do... Let's do the stars with the movie. Okay. That, since we don't need to go through the list like nine times. Right, okay. Stars with the movie. So, in... I think we covered last time I saw... Was it 50? It was 50 movies in 2013 that were released that year. Correct. And I think... I have not looked through every single spreadsheet I have, but I think that's the year where I saw the most movies. This year, for 2014, I saw 35 movies. So, considerably less movies than 2013, but still a lot of movies. So, there's a lot to choose from here. I'll rattle through the list, say how many stars I gave them on a scale of one to five stars, and then I think I'm going to sort it and just maybe talk about some of the worst ones and some of the best ones, and then we'll go over the top five at the end. So, prepare yourselves. This is... uh, rapid fire list of the movies that I saw in 2014 that were released that year. So, um, in fact, I'm going to, re- no, I won't, I won't filter for stars yet. I'll just, I'll just start at the top and this is in no particular order. Just Robocop. Remem- just remember the stars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Robocop remake, three stars, the Lego movie, five stars, the monuments men, three stars, the 300 sequel, Rise of an Empire, two and a half stars. Chef, 
three and a half stars. Neighbors, three stars. Noah, three stars. Need for Speed, three stars. Captain America, The Winter Soldier, four and a half stars. Divergent, two stars. <clears throat> Transcendence, three stars. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, two and a half stars. Godzilla, I guess that's technically a remake slash sequel, three stars. X-Men Days of Future Past, four and a half stars. The Rover, two stars. Edge of Tomorrow, four stars. A Million Ways to Die in the West, two stars. I'm going to cut you off real quick. Okay. For those of you that don't remember, these are Zach's ratings, not correct the ratings that they actually received in terms of... Yeah, the, the movie critics. These are correct. The movie critics of Zach, and it's, his rating. It's my personal judgment on a scale of one to five stars of how good I thought the movie was. So, continuing on, Twenty Two Jump Street, four stars. Transformers: Age of Extinction, two stars. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, four stars. Deliver Us from Evil, three stars. Guardians of the Galaxy, five stars. Hercules, three stars. Lucy, four stars. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, two and a half stars. Let's Be Cops, three stars. The One I Love, four stars. This Is Where I Leave You, four stars. Gone Girl, five stars. Fury, four and a half stars. Interstellar, five stars. Exodus, Gods and Kings, three and a half stars. The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, five stars. The Gambler, three stars. And The Interview, four stars. So... I know that was probably, if you're listening to this, kind of rapid fire and a lot of information thrown at you all at once. But that was all 35 movies I saw in 2014 that were 2014 release movies. Um, do you have any thoughts on that before I filter this and talk about the worst ones? And the so, ones? my personal, you know, feel, and again, going back to the 2013, these are, you know, I saw a lot of these movies, but I did not see them in theaters or right. right when they were released. I've seen them over time. But I will say that the movie that let me down the most was definitely Transformers Age of Extinction because yeah. you go from having this phenomenal like trilogy and then you mm. throw in this Age of Extinction that just kind of it's not very good. You're like, "Well, wait a second. Like we go from like top of the moon is what you felt like to then like this and you're like I just didn't know how to feel about it. So it kind of yeah. ruined Transformers for me. After that movie, I didn't see any more of the Transformers. I completely agree. I, I watched the, the three, you know, quote-unquote original ones. Yeah. And that is it. Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit when we did our movie franchise bracket, bracket yeah. podcasts. And we were talking. I think both of us have seen the original trilogy plus this one. And then after that, we both I think stopped. we both... I think we agreed, like, when we were bringing it up, the first time we ran through the bracket, we said... This is just the original three, but yeah. because there are multiple, we were allowed to put them yeah, in it, as a it franchise. qualified as a franchise, yeah. But the really the strength of that franchise moving through that bracket was on those oh, first yeah. three movies. The first three are really, really good. I agree completely with everything you're saying about this one. It's just really strange. I feel like the movie's trying to go in a million different directions all at once. The plot's kind of all over the place. It's still, it's still your cool... Transformers action set pieces yeah. with transforming robots and big explosions and all that. I mean, it's still... If you're just wanting to go for that, for a Transformers movie, you're going to be satisfied. But if you want to go for like not a as story yeah. as, as the other ones are. And it's, it's kind of a shame, too, because it's the first one that brought Mark Wahlberg in, and it kind of seemed like he was going to be the replacement. You know, we're no longer follow, following Shia LaBeouf's character and any right. of those characters from the first three. 
So Mark Wahlberg, you know, Sam he's Witwicky. a pretty bona fide. Yeah, Sam Witwicky. He's a, you know, Mark Wahlberg's a bona fide action star. Seems like he'd be a perfect pairing for something like the Transformers franchise, but it just didn't work for me. It's just a weird movie, and there's like, there's weird. Somehow you end up with like a Transformers T Rex at the end. There's yeah. like dinosaurs. I, it, I don't know. It the movie's going and. I've seen clips of I think the last night is the one that's is that that's the one that's called that yeah came after this one I believe so. I haven't seen that one but I've seen bits on TV and it's even harder to follow than this you're like oh, yeah. what is happening in this movie and like I just feel like whoever wrote those movies was just like high on coke or something just going in a million different yeah because the plot makes no sense it's, it's kind of like, like the Fast and Furious here? like the storyline just fell off like once Paul Walker passed away yeah. and then it just became like let's just throw a bunch of big name action yeah. you know people in here and just go and yeah. and they just keep going and everyone's like just stop and I'm pretty sure they were signed through like Fast 412 so yeah I think their plan was to make 10 I think yeah I think they done, they already signed up through 10 yeah. and, and I don't done know the if, spinoff already too so yeah. we, we have all that so yeah so I, I agree completely on your thoughts on Transformers Age of Extinction just a, a weird one that one is actually I guess to segue into the next part of our discussion I filtered it for I'm gonna go lowest stars to highest ranked stars according to my list and that is one that fell into the two star category out of five and I might even be being generous on that. I think the only reason I gave it two stars is just it's a pretty entertaining action flick if yeah. you're just wanting to mindlessly watch action. I will say something just kind of noteworthy at, at filtering this list for the lowest stars moving to the highest. I think compared to the 2013 movie list, we didn't have anything under two stars. Or we had we had a couple of movies under two stars, in which case this list does not, actually. Nothing is under two stars. So it almost seems like the floor... For movies in this year was you also a have a smaller higher. pool to draw from. That is true. By what About 15, 15 movies? fewer so. movies this year. Um, but yeah, I guess let me run through the two and the two and a half star movies. So these are the movies that they're okay to not really that. Great. I'm gonna bash on a couple of them. <laughs> I was gonna say go you can bash on a couple of them. Divergent. My opinion on Divergent, and I think I may have mentioned this to you at some point on one of these podcasts. It just seems to me like kind of a knockoff Hunger Games. It's entertaining. That's the only way I think about yeah. it, really. Megan and, and I watched those whole things, and, yeah. and she really enjoyed them. And they're not like it's not like a terrible movie. They're not you, terrible. You get good value yeah. out of it, but it's not a movie that I'm sitting there going, I can't wait to watch right. this again. Like, yeah. oh, it's on TV. Let me go. Like, I'm yeah. ready to watch it. Ten out of ten times, if you're like, hey, Zach, you want to rewatch a Hunger Games or a Divergent? It's Hunger Games. Ten out of ten. Well, times. I mean, at least they didn't like copy paste but right they copy paste it's very similar but though. you know like when you copy paste you can do like copy paste and then without formatting yeah that's pretty oh, much yeah, what yeah. they did they copy paste it without formatting and then they updated it with their own little format right, which right. really wasn't you know too different in yeah. terms of how that whole series played out so as a two-star i agree i mean it's entertaining the first time you watch it but then you kind of get you know, like our opinion, it's too much like the Hunger Games. Yeah. So I think, I think to be honest, two stars is fair for that one. I, I didn't want to shit on it too hard and say it's like a one or a half star movie, but I was not. Let's just say I'm not going to be that excited to go back and revisit Divergent at any. I point, mean, you still, so. like I said, you get that good initial value from it, but then you're kind of like, all right, I saw it once, right. I don't need to yeah, see okay, it again. Um, another two-star movie I have on here is called The Rover, and this is probably one I don't know if have you ever seen this movie. So it's a Guy Pierce movie and Robert Pattinson, the guy from Twilight. This is kind of 
I'm not sure when Twilight ended. This is this. Let's, let's see. This is from 2014, so I don't know if this is post Twilight for him or not. But his career has been very interesting post Twilight because he's done a bunch of indie movies and has apparently put forth a bunch of really great performances. I've only seen well, now a he's couple Batman, of these. So. Oh, and, and yeah, now he's back to kind of being in the big major Hollywood blockbusters with Batman. But um, this movie, so like I said, it's Guy Pierce, Robert Pattinson, and it's a independent kind of a smaller budget movie that was about like this kind of post-apocalyptic wasteland in Australia. So almost imagine Mad Max, but Mad Max prior to the world devolving into such a state where it's just barren wastelands and people with crazy cars and guns. So it's it's definitely post-apocalyptic, but let's say right after the apocalypse. You know what I mean? So society has completely collapsed. Things aren't completely all lost. Like there's still some semblance of society and towns and cities and stuff like that. But it's basically every man for himself and there's like no laws and all this kind of stuff. So to jump in real quick, Twilight yeah. ended in 2012. Was okay, the, so this the release is, of Breaking Dawn Part 2. So this is post-Twilight for Robert Pattinson. And he, he plays a guy who's kind of, he's like, I guess slow would be the politically correct term for it. But and he's got like kind of an accent and stuff, so it's kind of him showing off like some acting, you know, kind of doing something different than Twilight. And Guy Pierce plays this very menacing, grizzled guy who's survived whatever apocalyptic scenario that this world has caused. And it's kind of a I don't remember the exact plot, but they have to kind of band together and go get something back from this band of outlaws or something. I was very excited about it when I saw the trailer, and then it just ended up being ultimately a disappointment. I don't really know. I don't have any other thoughts on it other than that. That's kind of what I recall. I have not revisited it um, since 2014. So, yeah, The Rover, two stars. Um, a Million Ways to Die in the West. Have you seen that one? Isn't that just like a not like one of those funny, um, like a scary movie type? So yeah, spoof movie. That's what I was looking for. So it was a Seth MacFarlane directed and starred uh, okay. uh, spoof movie, like kind of a, a spoof western, and obviously. Right. Seth MacFarlane's the family guy dude. He's the Ted guy. Right. So this was like another one of his attempts to do kind of like a funny spoof comedy movie. And it's fine, I would say. Just not that great. There's right. some funny moments in it. But, um, yeah, I don't really have much to add to that one as well. And then we've already documented our thoughts here on Transformers Age of Extinction. I had that one at two stars as well. The 300 sequel, I had it two and a half stars. Have you seen that one? So that was one of the movies I wanted to shit on because three hundred, okay. in my opinion, and and again, just that's one of my favorite movies. It's a it, all timer, man. It's I, just, I'm a huge fan of three hundred. People are like, "Well, the graphics," and I'm like, "Fuck your opinion on the graphics." <laughs> it's the such movie a great is just movie. great. It's such a great movie, and so rewatchable. I rewatched three hundred oh, yeah. so many times. It's so great. And then Rise of an Empire comes out, and I go. Man, you guys really butchered this. Yeah, you guys had, it, was, it was a letdown. You guys should have just stopped at the, the first 300 and moved on. I mean, yeah. that was a masterpiece. And they're like, well, we're going to do this Rise of an Empire. And trying to follow some of the storyline in there, I, it was confusing. And the battle sequences, I'm like, eh. I think, so for anyone out there who has not seen it, 300 Rise of an Empire... I believe it takes place after the events of 300, right? Right. So I think fi- I think it's finally the, as the yeah, Greeks come together. Right. The 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 Persian army has defeated Leonidas and his 300 Spartans. And then now there's this 
badass sea captain lady who is leading the fleet of Persian ships against the Greek armies. And the lead, I, I think, so the actress who plays the, the badass, you know, general of the Persian ships is from Penny Dreadful, which is a super badass show if no one out there has seen, or so if anyone out there has seen apparently Penny Dreadful. apparently taking place before, during, and after the main events of Oh, okay. So it's kind 300. of tangentially happening at the same time as the events of 300. Right. Um, she's great, and I think she plays a really intimidating... She's good in, like, old-timey roles, at just playing kind of like a fierce character... The lead guy, though, is just such a huge step down from Gerard Butler with a thick king beard, and, you know, as King Leonidas. Like a real... 300. Uh, it's just... I don't know. I think if you're... You see 300, and it's just so satisfying. It's such an awesome movie. And then you go into 300 Rise of an Empire expecting that again, and it just... I mean, you it did. It just I, totally misses the mark. I went I, with that expectation, and I was let down, and... I mean, it's not bad. I wouldn't say it's, it's bad. It's entertaining. It, it is definitely entertaining. I also, I think, one of the things really going against it, too, is I'm just not that excited about ship battles. You know what I Especially mean? Especially back in... Yeah, like, like I just... I would Greek rather era. see them on land fighting with swords and spears than running from ship to ship and, like, launching With technology that I'm pretty sure didn't exist back then. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know. I'm not that excited about it. It just... That might just be me, too. I don't know. That just... That part of it doesn't excite me that much. So I was just kind of... Yeah, It'd be more exciting if it was like pirates. Yeah, because that's exactly like you pirates know. of the Caribbean. You know, ship battles in those movies are cool because that's what pirates did. Like right. they were pirates of the seas. But I don't know. Just seeing three hundred, you're like, okay, this is a watered down three hundred on boats, and I'm just not that excited about yeah. it. I don't really. I don't know. So um, that one I gave two and a half stars. The Amazing Spider-Man two I gave two and a half stars. Those movies should have never been made. To be honest, I just. I really liked Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, but I didn't like his movies that so, much. So, speaking of Spider-Man, and I'm going to take us off of the 2014 movie list okay. here. I've heard that they're bringing in all three Spider-Mans into the same movie. Oh, that'd be nuts. But The multiverse, man. You know, in my opinion, I go, okay, so you have the best Spider-Man... Mr. Toby. <laughs> He's the OG, dude. He's the, I mean, dude, I love those movies. They're great. People shit the on them all the time. I'm like, they're great. fucking awesome. Especially Wait, the first two. He first has two awesome. true superpowers. Yeah. Then you get Andrew Garfield, who was a genius that made his, mm-hmm. you know, webs. And I kind of sit there and I go, okay, well, that's pretty boring. <laughs> and then you have Tom Holland, who's mm-hmm. great. I love his movies, too. I like too. his Spider-Man. He was really good. Yeah. And he's kind of like a hybrid mm-hmm. of, yeah. of the two of them. Yeah. And so then I go, why are we... So we have fucking, what, three Aunt Mays? Yeah. And, and one's like an ancient grandma. Yeah, she keeps getting Another younger and hotter. seems like, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm sitting there just going... Because she's Marissa Tomei in, in the new, in the Marvel movie, in the right. MCU movies. And Marissa Tomei is like very attractive. So it's like... It's, it's just <laughs> like a weird... She keeps getting younger and, and hotter as the And they're talking the about bringing him gone. in. So I go, oh, you go from a superhero to a very smart guy who creates his own... <clears throat> excuse me, to a mix. And I'm like, you can't put all of them in the same movie. It's just going to be weird. I don't know. That's just my side tangent. But I, the Amazing Spider-Mans I hate. I'm not a big fan of them at all. Um, yeah, so what I was going to say is I think 
And I have kind of mixed feelings about it because I think I like Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield's performances as Spider-Man more than Tobey Maguire, but I think the Tobey Maguire movies are much better. So they're way more entertaining. Well, maybe not more entertaining than Tom Holland, but he's the OG Spider-Man that we grew up with. So I give him the nod. Yeah. No, I, I think that's kind of how most people feel. And it's kind of like the Batman thing. You know how... There's actually a joke about that in the second Neighbors movie where they're like drunk in the backyard talking with each other. And he's like, who's Batman to you? Because it's like the generational difference, right. you know? And he's like, oh, dude, Christian Bale's Batman. He's like, no, dude, Michael Keaton's Batman. <laughs> and they're like, they're arguing about who's the real Batman and all this kind of stuff. So I think you have like this generational attachment to who that superhero, who right. that actor was when you were growing up watching those movies. And obviously for us, that was Tobey Maguire. I think that original Spider-Man trilogy is just really good. For whatever reason, the Amazing Spider-Man movies, I think they just relied really heavily on CGI, a lot more so than the original Spider-Man did. And I think as our discussion kind of, which we'll, we'll talk about that in this discussion as well, but you know, our discussions previously on this podcast about the Hobbit movies compared to Lord of the Rings, Again, I feel like that just a lot of times ends up hurting the end product if you just rely really heavily on CGI rather than it, more practical effects and less CGI. It just makes the movie not all the time less but human, you know. Yeah, it and, really does. And it's when like I say a video less, game, almost. right? And when I say less human, I'm not trying to be like you know we need to have everything be human, but it, people enjoy watching real life things and yeah. and not all this like fake screens and, and fake background and as a viewer. You can tell, no matter how good the CGI is, if a character on that screen is completely CGI or if they're mostly practical effects with a little bit of CGI. Right. And it always looks better and more natural to the human eye if it's like actually a person or actually a costume or an animatronics effect or whatever or makeup, something. That just seems to always end up looking better, especially as time goes on. Because like we were, we've already talked about, the CGI... The year the movie comes out might look pristine, but, but then two in years ten later, years, right. maybe it looks like shit. You know what I mean? Whereas, again, I always use the original Jurassic Park as an example. Very little CGI in the original Jurassic Park. A lot of animatronic practical effects. That movie still looks great. And it, was, it came out the year I was born, so that just goes to show you how long it's Back been. Back in eighteen oh four. Another to to end the rant on Amazing Spider-Man two. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I gave two and a half stars This is a funny one I went and saw this With Zach and Kyle And they were both Literally I, I So they were like Trying to decide What movie we wanted to go watch Whatever night this was A Friday or Saturday night right. Or something We're looking at what's out Nothing that's out I'm that excited to go watch And they're like Dude we should go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I'm like I don't want to see That movie dude It doesn't look that good and They're like I promise you You're going to think it's great I'll, they, were, they were literally Offering to buy my ticket And like buy me popcorn I think If I went And agreed that the movie Was good and I'm like I'm not going to agree That the movie's good It's just I can tell By looking at the trailer It's not going to be good And they're like No it's going to be good Let's just go and it was two and a half stars. I mean, it's, it's not. It it's sounds not like terrible. someone who it's tried just, to get me to go watch it in theaters. Hey, it's a good fucking. Movie. We'll pay for your ticket. Yeah, okay. You got to give me five hundred in cash <laughs> to get me to see that shit in theaters. It's a great movie, though. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not so much. I don't really have any other thoughts on the matter other than I think Will Arnett's in that movie randomly for some reason. Um, yeah, it was kind of supposed to be kind of funny and actiony, which is kind of what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are based on, but. I don't know. I also didn't have that big of an attachment to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. I mean, I saw 
the old school movies, and I'm pretty sure weren't there cartoons about it and stuff too. I'm pretty sure. I yeah, I mean, all I that. used to love. It's fine. Th- that movie just, was entertaining, but yeah. it, it was one of those movies. I'm like, uh, talk about a lot of CGI too. Yeah. There's a lot of CGI in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, let me just since there's not that many movies, let's just kind of go down the line and see. I, I want because I want to get your thoughts on the ones that you've seen as well. Did you see the RoboCop remake? I did not. I'm not a big fan of Robo, Ro, RoboCop. I'm not either, particularly, but the, the remake was pretty cool. I gave it three stars. It's a pretty cool action movie. They obviously revamped it. I, I have not seen the original, I don't think. I've seen bits and pieces, maybe. Um, I think everyone agrees that the original RoboCop is the best, I think. Kind of like... Um, well, actually, that would have been a bad example. I won't say that. But anyway, the remake was fine. It's nothing special. Um, the Monuments Men, which, if, if we're talking about going back and changing ratings and stuff, which we have kind of talked about on this series, which we might like come back and revisit right. and, and go over which ones I've changed, the rankings and all that kind of stuff. I gave The Monuments Men three stars that year. I think that was being overly generous. I did not like that movie at all. I thought it was incredibly boring. And I was, I think I was billed a certain movie and I got... A completely different movie. So the Monuments Man has a super stacked cast. I don't even remember who all's in it. I remember George Clooney, Matt George Damon. Clooney, Matt Damon, John Goodman. I think Here, is in it. There's a bunch see. of other people. I got I got a whole famous. list of 2014 movies yeah. pulled up now. Which you forgot Ride Along. Did you ever see Ride Along? No, never did. Hmm. Well, it was one I was kind of surprised it wasn't on the list. Um, Bill Murray, John Goodman. Yeah, Bill Murray. That's right. So it just got a, like a stacked cast. Clay- Kate Blanchett. Yep. It's a World War II movie, and I think it's about these guys going over and trying to basically rescue priceless artwork from the Nazis or something to that effect. I don't remember the exact plot. It was honestly just really boring. I was kind of expecting more action out of it, but it's really just kind of a bunch of academics who go over there and pretend to be soldiers and then steal artwork from the Nazis. It's fine. I probably would give it less than three stars now if I rewatched it, but at the time I gave it three stars. So Did you not see Pompeii? Nope. I know I'm going to be bringing random movies in as I scroll through this so I don't forget about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and mention them and I'll tell you whether or not I saw them or not. Um, Neighbors. The original Neighbors. Loved it. Fucking hilarious. I think the sequel is great too. I might actually give that one more stars if I was going to go back and redo this. I gave it three stars at the time. Maybe three and a half. I don't know if it's a four star movie. It's just, it's a really good it's, comedy. It's a, it's I a like good it. comedy. It's, yeah. it, I like it. I think I'm going to jump. I think that you have this on your three star list so I might jump ahead of you but Noah... I ju- was just about to talk was, about Noah. Was a, it's it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. You know, and, and I'm a Catholic, so you know I know a lot about this kind of stuff. But I'm not when I say a lot, I'm not saying like I'm a historian on this. I just know <laughs> of this stuff. Let's right, clarify right, that right. now. You've been exposed to it, right? Yeah. But there's some things in there that I'm like, that is terrifying. Like this is just weird, and it's, it's a super. I think the guy who directed it, it's Darren Aronofsky. Is that right? Can you check yeah. me on that? Yeah, it is. He's done... I think he's kind of known... I have not seen a ton of his movies, but he's kind of known as a director who does pretty artistic and kind of boundary-pushing stuff. And I think a guy like that helming a story like Noah leads to a pretty interesting output, which yeah. is kind of what we got. And it's a it's a pretty entertaining movie. You know, Russell Crowe plays Noah. I think Emily Watson's in that movie. Emma. Emma Watson. There's an Emily Watson and an Emma Watson. It's Emma Watson. Emma Watson. And I forget who else is in that movie. Jennifer Conley. Oh, Jennifer Conley. Logan She's Lerman, Ray yep. Winstone, and Anthony Hopkins. Yep. Oh, yeah. Anthony Hopkins in that. I forgot. But, um, you know, 
Russell Crowe leading, being the star in any sort of a historical epic, I'm just super down for. In fact, before I came over here, Gladiator was on TV. I was watching Dude, the beginning of it. What a fucking By far movie. one of my favorite <laughs> so movies ever. Dude, Russell Crowe for a time... Are you was- not entertained?! Was dude on the top of the fucking world, dude? He, that guy, I think he he we I think he won back to back best acting Oscars for Gladiator and for A Beautiful Mind. Like if if that doesn't go to show how dominating Russell Crowe was for a while in Hollywood, like I don't know what he's in that some massive. That guy's movies. a beast. I love Russell Crowe. He's kind of fallen off as of late. I have not. Seen I think very he's kind of quit. That he's put out. Yeah, recently. I think he's kind of slowed down on. You know, he did have that one roles. weird movie that came out during the middle of the pandemic when they weren't releasing anything about him being like a oh it's called Unhinged about him being like a maniac uh, road rage driver and like oh. tracking some chick and freaking out and it becomes like a thriller I didn't see it but that was a like a new one he did that came out this year but um, Noah is a pretty I'm I'm not gonna say it's bad and I'm not gonna say it's good I think that's kind of why I gave it a three star movie it's definitely an interesting movie if anyone out there is is interested in just watching something that's kind of kind of weird but also pretty cool check out Noah I don't know what you're gonna think of it you know depending on what you're bringing what kind of baggage you're bringing into a movie like that but it's entertaining it's a pretty it's, yeah and like I said a guy like just Darren weird. Aronofsky d- directing a movie like that leads to a pretty interesting take on that tale i would say and i'll just i'll leave it at that did you ever see draft day i never i haven't still yet to seen draft day haven't seen it it's a good movie it's kurt that's kevin costner kevin costner right yeah jennifer garner um need for speed did you see need for speed i did not so i had um the guy that played jesse from breaking bad aaron paul Mm. and uh pretty cool I don't really remember anything about the plot. He is doing Aaron Paul stuff and kind of becoming a movie star post Breaking Bad, and he drives really fast cars around. I don't know. There All you right. go. There we go. <laughs> um, Transcendence. Have you seen Transcendence? I feel like I just saw that on here, and I was trying to like read about it because it sounds familiar, but off the top of my head, it's not ringing any bells. I think you would probably like. Oh, I this found movie. it. There we go. I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I saw this when I was in college. Um, with my roommate it's a Johnny Depp led movie I think Jennifer is Jennifer Connelly in this one as well do you have the cast list in front of you Rebecca Hall or Kate Mara or Morgan oh it was Rebecca Hall or Morgan Freeman was that the girl you were talking about (laughs) no not Morgan Freeman Um, yeah pretty good cast in this movie it's I think I remember this movie was kind of a big deal because it was the I think the director of photography or something like that, or the cinematographer that Christopher Nolan always used for his movies, that was this guy's first directorial debut. Wally Fister? Yeah. Um, Fitzer? Pretty unfortunate name. <laughs> but uh, Transcendence is a cool movie. And I, if, if anyone out there is really interested in science fiction stuff and artificial intelligence stuff, especially like I am, I think you'll enjoy this movie. It's basically... Johnny Depp and his wife, who is played by Rebecca Hall, I believe, they're like leading scientists in the exploration of artificial intelligence and that whole scientific field. And Johnny Depp gets attacked by kind of a terrorist. He gets shot and he ends up surviving the gunshot wound, but the bullet was like laced with poison or something. So it's poisoning (sighs) him from, from inside and he's slowly dying. And what they decide to do is try and download his consciousness to a computer and basically achieve the first known instance in the history of mankind of the transcendence of you know a computer reaching sentience and from there it just becomes an escalating 
you know, she she does it out of love for him, and because she she doesn't want to lose her husband, but everyone else they have a really good scientist friend of theirs who's like, we can't do this. This is morally wrong. Right. If we do one thing wrong, how do we know what we're dealing with? That thing might not be him. It might just be some. You know, like the malevolent robot computer. Ever. Yeah, like it might be Skynet. You know what I mean? Right. And so the whole movie is dealing with his ever increasing abilities and powers as an artificially intelligent computer with access to the internet, and the kind of blurred lines between, you know, computers and humanity. It's a pretty interesting, interesting. movie. I, okay. I, it's it's pretty rewatchable. I like it. Like if it's on TV, I'm gonna sit down and watch it. It's pretty yeah. entertaining. Have you seen Sex Tape? No, I never did no, see No, that's a funny movie. I remember seeing commercials for it and stuff, but never went and saw it. Um, did you see Angry Video Game Nerd, the movie? Nope. Me either. Never even heard of that. Did you see the Godzilla remake? No. I'm not a big fan of Godzilla. So, I was super hyped for this movie. It's got one of the best teaser trailers of all time. If anyone else out there is curious to look this up on YouTube, there's a teaser trailer where they're doing this halo jump out of a military airplane down through these like dark stormy clouds and they kind of emerge through the clouds and you can see just barely it they kind of do like pov first person pov from out of his mask Mm. as he's halo jumping down you can see the scales of godzilla like moving past these skyscrapers and buildings are falling and shit it got me so excited for this movie and then the movie just kind of didn't really deliver and i can't put my finger on why it is I would say Godzilla is actually very rewatchable. When it's on TV, I sit and watch large parts of that movie. But it's just not... It somehow just barely missed being a really good movie. And it's still... And instead, it's just kind of a, eh, all right, that's entertaining, you know? Did you see The Expendables 3? I think I did see Expendables 3. Not this year, but I saw it afterward. I saw it probably... Dude, those movies are... I love those movies, but... Oh, man, they just need to stop. It's... (laughs) God bless Sylvester Stallone for just being like, I'm going to cast, because I'm Sylvester Stallone and Hollywood will, will let me do whatever I want. You I'm going to I'm gonna cast an entire action movie made up of all of the most famous action movie stars Sylvester, from the last 30 years. You got years. Arnold, you got Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Jason Statham. Bruce Willis. Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren, Kelsey Grammer, Terry Crews, Randy Couture. Dude, Wesley Snipes, Antonio Banderas, Ronda Rousey, Victor Ortiz, Kellen Lutz, Glenn Powell, Greg Henry. Like it's great, dude. It, I, and then they just run around and murder countless henchmen for some yeah. unnamed enemy. It's great. It's super entertaining. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I thought I'd, that's why I thought I would ask because I was like, dude, the Expendables movies are fucking great awesome. Movie. They're, they're not great, but they're pretty awesome. Um, I, I was gonna ask, have you seen Deliver Us from Evil? But it's no. a scary movie. Obviously, you've not seen that. Um, I don't have a lot of memories about that one. Eric Bana is in that movie. He plays like a New York City uh, police detective and starts investigating some weird shit that's happening. Ends up leading into like an exorcism-related case. Hmm. Pretty scary. Got some good scares in it. No, nothing, nothing crazy. I haven't rewatched it since I saw it the first time. Hercules with The Rock. Have you seen Hercules? Yes. Cool movie. Cool movie. I don't. It's it's a rock movie. Yeah, it's the it's the rock being Hercules. I mean, what more could you ask for? Three stars on that one. Did you not see the Equalizer, or is that on this list? And I'm so it's not on my list. I have seen it since then, and Equalizer is fucking dope. I just saw that, (laughs) and I'm like, I don't remember seeing that on this. Yeah, it's not on my list. I I, for whatever reason, such a good movie. For whatever reason, did not see Equalizer in 2014, but I have seen it since then. I've also seen the sequel. Sequel's not as good, but the first one's fucking dope. Have you seen the Maze Runner? 
Yes, I've seen all of the Maze Runner movies. Not but that not, year. Yeah, it's not, yeah. on the, not on the list. Man, you missed some good movies I know, that year. I know. I've caught up. I've caught up since then. Did you see Annabelle? Nope. Still haven't seen the Annabelle. Yeah, good. Movies. Me either. <laughs> Have you seen Let's Be Cops? That's another one on my list. No. Um. It's okay. It's pretty funny. Right. <laughs> I don't really have a lot of thoughts on that. Three stars. The Gambler. Have you seen The Gambler? Dude, you are missing a massive movie on this list. Hit me with it. And then we'll go John back Wick. To the Gambler. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I, I didn't see it in 2014. You didn't see John Wick when it came out? No, I don't know. All right, why. ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Just Browsing. <laughs> fuck off. We're going to bring this back uh, in John fif- Wick 15 is years with uh, the new updated list of 2014. Until then, have a good day. That's what we're doing. So just a little pause in the discussion (laughs) now that you brought this up. Because John Wick's one of my all-time favorite movies now. It's a fucking masterpiece. We're going to remaster these lists and come back to them. We're going to do a new series where we come back. And I'm just going to have a separate list of here's the movies that were not on my list the original time I put this together. And here is my redo of the top five. So we'll see if the top fives have stayed the top fives or if new movies have snuck in. Because hands down, John, John Wick's, Wick's a top five movie for 2014. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Not my probably not number one, but it's top five. So I keep seen, going because I am like okay. I'm already in October now. You, you you've uh, you've named several that I've seen since then that are really good. Like movies. Big like, Hero Six. Like, you ever see that? That's a great movie. No, I haven't seen. Oh, that's a great movie. But Equalizer and John Wick like probably would have been top five movies. Have had you I seen, seen Interstellar? <laughs> um, the Gambler. If I can just rant on The Gambler yep. for just a second. So The Gambler, I gave three stars. I think that's a pretty fair rating. It's very rewatchable, although I have not rewatched it that many times since it came out. I was just I just found myself the other day actually talking to my dad and my brother about this, who they both really like that movie. And it's got one of the all-time best speeches in a movie. And it comes from John Goodman. John Goodman plays this gangster that Mark Wahlberg basically Mark Wahlberg is the it's like his book he's the titular much. gambler right and he's like this failed novelist this super smart guy he's a professor but he just has this gambling problem and he's borrowed from one mobster to pay off another mobster and he's just gotten into the shit like things are not looking good and he goes to John Goodman's character who's another kind of mobster guy to borrow money cuz he's like I have to get x amount of money in order to gamble with it in order to win enough money to pay all of you guys back basically so he goes you got to give me the money or else i can't pay anyone back and john goodman gives this epic fucking speech if anyone out there is interested in just a great like three minute segment from a movie that might sell you on watching this movie look up on youtube the gambler fuck you position speech and it's just john goodman giving this speech on the fuck you position basically about getting to the point where you have enough money you can just tell people fuck you right it's fucking gold, dude. It's so good. So, anyway, The Gambler's not like a really awesome movie, but it's very entertaining. Features some pretty great performances and just John Goodman being John Goodman. So, so speaking of The Gambler. Okay. Because that just popped up on my list in November. <clears throat> Did you not see The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1? Not that year, I guess. It's not All right. Did you not see American Sniper? That year. I guess not that year. Oh, you know what? You know when I probably saw American Sniper is probably like right at the beginning of 2015. Like the whole I think it was season. one of the, it came out real late in the year, 2014, and then it was an so it Looks was like awards it came container. out November 11th. And then I don't think I saw it until like January or February. Because I do remember seeing what a it. loser. That's a great movie. American Sniper's great. Dude, that jumps into my top five. Okay. Um, Chef. 
Chef is a super underrated movie that I cannot recommend highly enough to anyone out there who's just looking for a really easy watch, nice, fun movie. It's John Favreau, the guy who's been in shit tons of movies. He's been in Swingers. He's the director of Iron Man 1 and 2, like one of the fathers of the modern MCU. Just fucking awesome. And it's just him playing a chef and he just chefs up bomb ass food all movie and kind of like hangs out with Scarlett Johansson. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> so well, speaking watch of chef, speaking of fucking awesome, you didn't you didn't see Unbroken? No, fuck that movie, dude. I had no interest in seeing that movie. You didn't ever see Horrible Bosses too? I've seen it, just not in that year. Not as good as the first either. <laughs> this dude's got terrible taste in hey, movies. They knew going into this. I have explained this list that I'm going through is the movies I saw that Did year. You see Kingsman that came out that year. Yes, I saw Kingsman, but later. Dude, you're failing. <laughs> I'm did not you see failing. Taken three. No, I saw the first Taken, and He's the sequels failing. can all suck. Did you see Night at the Museum? Yeah, it's okay. He's failing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me get through the list. Let me get through the list. Yeah, I, I'm already done with my list. So Exodus, Gods and Kings. Did you see that one with Christian Bale? Not weird that we had two biblical epics this year: Noah and Exodus, Gods and Kings. That's kind of interesting. Another one that just kind of fell flat for me, just kind of missed the mark. I gave it three and a half stars because it was a Ridley Scott movie with Christian Bale, and I think I just kind of wanted it to be better than it was, but it's not actually all that great. Edge of Tomorrow, I cannot say enough good things. We're in the four things. stars, by the way. Yeah, we're, in, we're now in the four-star territory. So Edge of Tomorrow, I might actually bump that up if I was going to redo some rankings. That's a fucking fantastic sci-fi action movie with Tom Cruise. Just does not get better than Is that. Is that the one where he like dies a billion times? Yes. <laughs> he goes right back to like yes. where he started? Okay. Yeah, I've if anyone that. out there is looking for just a really good sci-fi action movie, check out Edge of Tomorrow. You will not be disappointed. 22 Jump Street, the sequel obviously to 21 Jump Street, I thought was actually really funny and really good. Those, that's just two really good comedies right there. Dude, what is uh, Channing stars. Tatum like Chan? He's like... Oh, what's uh, a Jonah Hill's character's name in that? Isn't it Schmidt? Well, yeah, he goes like, he's like, Schmidt, fuck the captain's daughter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, while, while he's sitting in the chair, like, strapping on his, his Kevlar his, vest. Yeah. So, um, that movie, 22 Jump Street, features one of the most hilarious scenes in a movie that I've ever seen. And it's Ice Cube freaking the fuck out on a buffet out oh, like, on yeah. the college campus. The green he's beans. super mad. <laughs> Oh my god, that part is so funny. Something about Ice Cube saying funny things, but saying it like really angrily and with a straight face is just fucking hilarious to me. Because he yeah. said all his lines are funny, but he says them like he's so mad. Anyway, um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, dude. The Planet of the Apes trilogy dude, they, is legit. They did a good job on jumping back in on those. So I that actually might be. I think I think Dawn is the second one. Can you check me on that? Is Don the second check, one, check. or they named them all? They're all like all the same name, but they're not in the order you think they would go. They're like Don of the Planet of the Apes, part three. Well, it's like three. it's like Don Rise and something, but they all sound like they could go in different orders. You know what I mean? Like so, number one is not what you think would be number one. Let me, let me so this. Keep hang going on your list. I'll go. I'll go through okay, this real okay. quick. Because what what I was gonna say ultimately is the second one is my favorite out of that the second out of the newest ones. Yes. Which is crazy because they had the ones that were made in the 60s. So 68, yeah, 70, 71, 72, time, 73, yeah. you know, like yeah. all of these. I've seen none of those, by the way. And then they insert the the um, Mark Wahlberg yeah, one Mark Wahlberg's in, like in like 2001 the or something or like that. Yeah. And that one was really weird. I don't think I've seen that one actually either. 
Well, it was just weird in my opinion. Yeah. It seems like he traveled from another planet. It was weird. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I might have to watch that at some point just to see what it's about. All right, about. so here we go. We got Rise of the Planet of the Apes is okay. in 2011. Then Dawn of the Planet okay, of the Apes okay. in 2014. Then War for the Planet of the Apes in 2017. Right. Okay. So Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the one I was thinking of. That's number two. This is my favorite of the trilogy. We didn't put Planet of the Apes in our movie franchise bracket, did we? I think we did. We can check that. But I think we did. I think we did, too. Because there's a lot of them. I think they're like a three. Yeah. There's like 18,000 movies. Um, Lucy. You ever seen Lucy with Scarlett Johansson? Mm -mm. That's pretty cool. She So kind of like the concept of Limitless with Bradley Cooper, of him taking a pill and accessing all of his brain, she ends up kind of unwittingly becoming like a human drug trafficker for this like Chinese drug guy. And they slip an actual pouch of drugs into her abdomen surgically. For her to like sneak them across international lines or I don't know something, and it ends up on the way she gets like kicked really hard by some guy who's being a dick, and it the baggie breaks open inside of her, and her body like absorbs this drug that gives her access to 100% of her brain, and she just kind of reaches like this superhuman level of intellect. Pretty cool movie. I liked it. Um, the one I love, I think, is a really random independent movie I saw that year with. Mark Duplass, who was in the league that show, the league mm, uh, fantasy football, yeah. and great show. <laughs> I don't even know how to begin to describe to you what that movie's about. But if anyone is just looking for, if you're ever like, I want to watch a random independent movie that's going to be actually good, this one's actually good. I like this one a lot. This is where I leave you is a really good movie with Jason Bateman and uh, the guy who plays Kylo Ren. I'm spacing on his name right now, and like a bunch of other famous people. Really good cast. It's got um. Tina Fey in it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like a family drama. Like the dad dies in this family and they all have to come back. Or aren't there like siblings sort of a, that don't yeah. get along? They're like five siblings. They don't really get along and they have to come back. And their mom makes them stay for this, some sort of a Jewish celebration of death where they it has to happen for X amount of time, like two or three days or something. So they're kind of forced to come back to the house and be around each other and, you know, relive old memories and stuff like that. Just a really kind of a heartwarming, sad and... All that kind of stuff, movie, you know, all right. the, all the family emotions. Just pretty good movie. The interview with James Franco and Seth Rogen. Have you seen that one? So every time I go to watch it, I'm on an airplane. I go, mm, might not be the yeah, best. Yeah, might not be the best movie. It, and then I forget funny to watch movie. it. Movie. It's a funny. So oddly enough, I saw this with my mom and I think Zach Colbert in my parents' house. All because, remember, Sony got hacked when this movie was supposed to come yeah, out? Yeah, so they never released it in theaters. They never released it in theaters, and they released it on YouTube for like two bucks or something. Yeah. Five bucks. And I'm like, and my mom goes, well, I would never watch this movie previously, but she goes, if you guys want to buy it on YouTube and watch it, I'll watch it. I was like, okay. So we rented it on YouTube. Weird movie to watch with my mom. I don't think she really enjoyed it all that much. But I was laughing. I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, I've um, definitely seen bits and pieces of it. I just need to watch the whole thing because yeah. you know me and you know I'd fucking die laughing. With this, it's a funny with this movie, movie, man. You'll like it. I mean, it's basically what you've come to expect from a Seth Rogen and James Franco team up. That's just, it's a good movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which I gave four and a half stars, which I would definitely put at five stars now. I was shocked. Also, when we get to my top five, I will also discuss this movie, my top five. Just one of the best MCU movies, period. I fucking love Do people argue that it is the best Marvel movie? And and the only reason I 
don't rewatch it more is because I've seen it a million times by now because on FX well, they show it on FX dude, it's all like the, the time it's it's that or it's like Iron Man 3 yeah, I feel like I never see Iron Man yes. or like yeah so I've seen Winter Soldier so many times on and I own it on Blu-ray so I've rewatched it a couple times on my own Blu-ray but every time it's on TV I end up watching it on FX so I've seen that movie so many times it's not even funny but it's excellent it's Probably my favorite in the Captain America series, and like I said, probably just one of straight up one of the best MCU movies they've made, hands down. Um, X Men: Days of Future Past is just a banger of a movie. It's the old X Men cast. It's the new X Men cast. There's time travel. There's you know all the mutants you want to see. They bring in like fucking the JFK stuff. Like I don't know. It's just. Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy just being fucking really good actors and just a tremendous movie. I think Logan is probably the best X-Men movie they've made and the and my favorite. Oh yeah. This might be my second right favorite. There. It's it's great. And also another movie I've seen a whole bunch. Fury. Now we're yeah. to a movie where great we're fucking yeah. movie. What are your thoughts cuz I oh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Dude, Brad Pitt as the commander right there, I mean he's not a commander's rank, but he, you know, he commands his his tank and, dude, what he makes, I don't know the actor's name, the like kid that refuses to, I think it's that Logan Lerman kid, isn't it? Let me look it up. Maybe, but that movie is one of my favorite World War II movies ever. I would say it's definitely one of mine as well. And I mean, it's just great. the whole story of it, I think it truly, you know. Yeah, it is. It's Logan Lerman. Okay. That dude's a bitch in the movie, by the way, and fuck him. <laughs> but, like, that... Oh, I can't say enough good things about that movie. So, Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, Logan Lerman, Michael Pena, John Bernthal. What a stacked cast. All in one tank together. All in one tank, yeah. It's just a badass... Dude, it's a World badass movie. movie. The way they, like, portray what really, happened... Really and, gritty. Yeah, I mean, you don't get any movies that's about, like, a tank battalion, pretty mm-hmm. much, and... And oh, the, just the way he runs his tank and makes him just go out there and fucking shoot it's a great, the German. Great oh, Brad Pitt role, just a great just Brad Pitt role. A phenomenal movie. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got away from the spreadsheet to look that up. The Lego Movie. Have you Dude, seen the Lego Movie? All Lego movies are gr- top tier movies. Dude, they're They've great. never let me down. The first one is hilarious. I saw it in the theaters and I was laughing my ass Dude, off right along all the, the little kids that were in there the watching funny, that movie The funny thing parents. is, and, and we've talked about this, it's one of those movies, like Disney movies, that are, you know, Pixar movies, whatever movies you want to think of, that when you go back and you watch as an adult, you look at it from a different perspective and you sit there and go, holy shit, when I was a kid, I had no clue what that meant, yeah, but oh my, jokes. that is yeah. an adult joke. That's yeah. why adults watch all those, they're like, yeah, we'll go watch this movie. Yeah. Funny movie. I think I was in the theater with you and saw it. Maybe. The Batman parts movie. in that movie oh are God. phenomenal. It, Lego Batman was so funny, they gave him his own movie. Yeah. Like, he's fucking hilarious in that movie. That, that movie, I mean, I'll just spoil my top five now. It's not in my top five, but it is in my top five of... In my top five? In my top five of like animated movies like that. It's great. It is so good. Have you seen the sequel? Because I haven't, I haven't seen the seen sequel, Lego movie too. I did watch the Lego Batman movie. And oddly enough, it was not as funny as I thought it was going to be. I think... Dude, another movie that they could have just stopped. Yeah, I think 
he's funnier as a character if he's just a side character in a yeah. bigger movie. Like having his own whole movie, I don't I don't think he really There had wasn't enough. enough to take away from yeah. him that would make like when he interjects into the conversation yeah. that much better. Right, exactly. So yeah, Lego movie's just fucking hilarious. Oh, by the way, that started the five star movie. Right, so, these are five. In in my opinion, in 2014, that was a five star movie. Still a five star movie. Guardians of the Galaxy, five stars. Just really loved Dude, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Great movie. I, huge Guardians. Fan. Thoroughly surpassed my expectations. I had no idea what I was getting into when I went and saw that movie for the first time because it's really the first movie in the MCU that takes place largely in space. I mean, other than maybe Thor, I don't know if the Thor: The Dark World had taken place prior to this one or not. I mean, but Thor takes place more though on like. A planet like he goes right. through space. You're in Asgard most of the time, right? You're on they're like yeah. traveling through they're space, going, yeah, with... going all throughout space, and it's just a weird group of characters that you had never. It's like the Space Avengers almost, and like unless you're a comic book fan and had read these comics, you didn't really have any exposure to the Guardians of the Galaxy, so you didn't know who they were, and just them choosing to make that like a really funny comedy action movie was a brilliant decision because Star-Lord is hilarious and the dynamics between him and Drax and Rocket Groot. and Groot and why can't I think of Zoe Zaldana's character's name um, right now off the top of my head? She's like very pivotal to the MCU. Doesn't it start with a Z? Oh, I can't. I, now I can't think nope, of it either. Nope, we can't move on until I figure this out. Hang on. But Guardians of the Galaxy, the one and two are probably my two favorite movies in the Marvel they're great man because the galaxy is great and as i talk with people about it i go marvel did such a good job with having it their storylines gamora be gamora <laughs> god i don't know why i couldn't think of that but marvel does such a good job with allowing their stories to be serious with witty humor in it yeah and then like you know that emotion that like you're happy but then you're like sad but then you're happy again and then you go through like that moment of sadness mm-hmm. whereas like the guardians you go in there and it starts off with Star-Lord's mom dying. And you're like, oh, man, this is going to be really depressing. And then it goes to him dancing, kicking yeah. some space creature, you know, and stealing an orb. And, yeah. And part, I mean, of, part of the, like, the best part of his character, the decision to make him being basically plucked from Earth straight out of the 80s. And, like, he is still stuck in the 80s, but it's now obviously well past the 80s. Right. So, like... He just carries around a Walkman and listens to like these old ass headphones and music that his mom made him like a mixtape from of like eighties pop songs. And meanwhile, it's hilarious because you know he's from Earth and on Earth here now we have you know iPhones and iPods, right. and all that kind of shit, and Spotify. But he's off doing space adventures, so he has no idea of any of this stuff. So he's still listening to his same little mixtape. I mean, he on gets used Walkman. to the space world, right? Yeah, and then like when they're here on Earth, yeah, you know, he's in, like a fish in the later Avengers, yeah. he doesn't realize like. Yeah, this is Earth. Yeah, and Earth has has gone into the future th- thirty years. I think it's funny though, like they made the Guardians a family based movie. Like the stories about them being coming like a family. Yeah, and I think it's just so good because all the other ones are usually just one character. Right. You know, Iron Man. You get Iron right. Man, Hulk, Hulk. Like, you know, they're all a single character more or less. I guess Thor. You could say like Loki's like a, not, yeah, like, not a his, sidekick, his but brother he's relationship. A, right. Yeah. But the way they like portray Guardians of the Galaxy is just perfect. Yeah, they're, they're all, they did nothing wrong in that yeah. movie. And it's a good point, like you said, they're all outcasts in their own right, but they're outcasts together. You know, like they're their own little band of right. outcasts. So, and, and it it shows the outcasts, and yeah, and that's what makes the movie and the story just that much better, in my opinion. Yeah, great movie. Guardians is great. Um, Gone Girl. 
Have you seen Gone Girl? It's. I feel like I have, but off the top of my head, I'm not registering any. Okay, so I saw Gone Girl when it came out in theaters. It's a David Fincher movie starring Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike. And it's a expertly directed movie. David Fincher makes nothing other than just technically expertly crafted movies. So it's an expertly directed movie with a super fucked up plot. (laughs) And it gave me serious anxiety the first time I saw this in theaters. Just watching Ben Affleck's character get painted into the corner he gets painted into just stressed me out to no end. And it still does every time I watch it. But it's a testament to how good this movie is that I actually bought this movie and I own it. And I will rewatch it from time to time. It's a fucking excellent movie. I haven't seen it. It's just... As a guy, and especially as a guy in a relationship or someone who is about to be married, it gives you real anxiety. I will just say that. So, also, I read the book earlier this year, and Amy's character from the book is even more terrifying in the book than she is in the movie. So, I don't know. Take take that how you will. Um, let me... I'm going to switch up the order of these last two. I'm going to talk about Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies... I think our our thoughts on Lord of the Rings and Middle They're Earth are very well that, documented. Well documented. We're big fans of that whole series. I really loved the Hobbit movies. I think they're not as good as Lord of the Rings. That does not take away from how awesome they are as a trilogy on their own. And Battle of the Five Armies is the culmination of that trilogy, and it's where all of the action and the war and all that kind of stuff pours in together, and you know the prophecies kind of getting fulfilled and all that kind of stuff, and. I don't know. It's just I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would still watch it over and over. Oh, it's very yeah, rewatchable. It's... Um, and having just rewatched all the Lord of the Rings movies, it kind of makes me want to go rewatch the Hobbit movies now. So phenomenal movie, like you said. We don't need to really touch much on them yeah. because they're great. They're great. So and then last but not least, Interstellar, which we covered in our space podcast, I think. Yes, and. I don't know I if we've covered that elsewhere. <laughs> and I was in our say, 2014 yeah, I was, uh, I was going to say maybe in our movie franchise podca- podcast, but I was like, it's not a franchise. Dude, if they made that movie. a movie franchise, though, oh my. No, it needs to stay exactly how it is. Don't, I, don't I, touch it. Depending on if they were going to make a sequel, which I would be open to a sequel where he goes and finds Anne Hathaway and yeah. sees if they, we could start a new civilization. That'd be kind of cool. I, I would do that. But in terms of, oh, we found another you know wormhole, I'd be like, yeah. Just stop after the first one because, yeah. well, when I watched that movie, I was I, I started it at like ten thirty at night on like a, a mistake. Friday night like or something, <laughs> and I didn't realize that. Yeah, and I was tired, and I was like, oh, I'll probably fall asleep halfway through. You know, like I love space movies and stuff, but dude, my eyes like lit up, and I was just like, dude, it's captivating. I felt like I was like in the TV, and then it ended, and I opened my computer, and I'm like, I don't care that it's like three o'clock in the morning. I want to research this shit. Yeah. And I was just going, and it was like 5 in the morning. I'm like, all right, I got to go to bed. It, I'll, I'll come back dude, to it later. Anyone who knows me knows that Interstellar is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's definitely top 10 movies of all time for me. Oh, I think so good. It's a masterpiece of a movie. Oddly enough, it's not one of Christopher Nolan's like highest-ranked movies in terms of like critical reception. And I don't really know why. Because I the think... critics judge differently than like a viewer. Like, and yeah. the audience goes in for 
a different kind of value than the critic goes in for. Yeah. They're going to be like, well, the black hole was uh, six centimeters off, <sighs> so uh, we're going to knock that just, down. I can't, I mean, probably anyone listening to this podcast is well aware of the movie Interstellar and has either probably seen it or is well aware of And if you haven't, do yourself impact, a favor. Shut right. the podcast off. Yeah. Turn on Interstellar. Exactly. We'll, we're okay taking a back seat. Exactly. Watch Interstellar. I can't even say enough about just the movie-making craft and the ability that went into this. The scope of it, the acting is incredible, the score is amazing, the visual effects are stunning, and the plot is just mind-bending. Well, it's, it's one of those I, plots that you like, you're like, ah, this is a really good sci-fi movie, and then you start to think, you go, well, this is taking place... In the future, it's like what twenty thirty, I think, is what. Uh, yeah, we had, I don't think they seen. ever really specify what day, but it's sometime in the right. Near future, I think it's yeah. like twenty thirty or so. so it's like ten yeah. years away, but you know, this that was what six years ago. So yeah, by the time it, we would have been in twenty thirty, like things could have changed like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those movies you go, this shit could like actually happen. And I really, really love books or TV shows or movies that are set. Just on the cusp of being in the future, you know, like that near future that genre were close of to like being there. Yeah, of like this is ten to fifteen years away, maybe. So when you're watching it, you're like, this world looks a lot like mine, but it's just a little bit more advanced. Instead of like the let's say Blade Runner or Terminator right. or something, where you're like, okay, this world is so far in the future ahead of me that it looks totally unrecognizable. So Interstellar's cool because it's kind of that genre with like this really crazy sci-fi space travel theoretical physics twist to it. And just some fucking awesome acting performances too by Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Yeah, and, and Anne Hathaway and God, I'm spacing on everyone's names today. And uh The Butler from Jessica Batman. Chastain. The Butler from Batman. What are you talking about? Oh Alfred. yeah, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, you're right. <laughs> That actually, oddly enough, I couldn't think of Michael Caine's name until you said the butler from Batman. I couldn't think of the name either. Like, you mean Michael Caine? The butler from Batman. Yeah, Michael Caine. Alfred. Yeah. Um, God, just, I love this movie. I can't say enough good things about it. So, without further ado, let's get to the top fives because I've rambled for long enough. Um, Yeah, yeah. So, if you're still listening, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You want to do it same, same thing as last time and go... I'll say my number five. You say your number five. I say number number four. We'll alternate. We'll work our way up to one. Does that sound good? Yeah. And remember these. So mine, again, I did not go see all these movies that year. So I just made mine off of his list. Um, and his are what he ranked back in 2014. Exactly. So mine is, as of today, is my top five. And his is as of six years ago. So just exactly. just, again, clarifying that mine will be skewed a little bit. And we will eventually go back and do redos of our top five. So that'll be interesting to revisit. Stay tuned for the Just Browsing Podcast for future episodes. All right. Anyway, number five for 2014 top five. I had the Lego movie. I had Captain America. Winter Winter, Soldier. The Winter Soldier. Great fucking pick. Um, Number four, I had Guardians of the Galaxy. I had Fury. Oh, great pick. Great pick. Number three, I had Gone Girl. And I had Guardians. Mm Mm-hmm. Good job. Number two, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. And I'm just going to jump into number one, Interstellar. Because we had one and two one. is the same exact. Yeah. So. Interstellar was hands down my favorite movie of 2014. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, I can't say 
anything else about Interstellar without just completely gushing about it and wanting to like go home and start I was I looked right at now. the clock and I'm like, could I watch it tonight? And I'm like, oh, we're getting close. It's nine o'clock. I go, well, you know, I could just sleep in. <laughs> I think in terms of, and you know me, I'm a massive Christopher Nolan fanboy. He's one of my top five directors ever. And I think it's between this, Inception, and probably The Dark Knight are his, are at least my personal three favorites of his. And man, Interstellar is just a masterpiece. So real quickly, I think if I were to go back and redo this, well, first of all, like you said, you named some movies going through the list of 2014 releases while I was going through my list that I had not seen in 2014 that I have since seen, including such films as John Wick. And I think there yeah, was I mean, Equalizer. So I think those... So I think if I had inputted some of those movies, I think movies like the Lego movie and maybe the Hobbit get bumped out. And then maybe movies like John Wick and the Equalizer get bumped in. Um, if I were to one movie that I would definitely re-put into my top five if I, if I were to redo this today is Captain America the Winter Soldier as I said I think that is definitely my favorite Captain America and probably top five Marvel Cinematic Universe movies for me so I think that would probably bump out Lego movie in which case I would probably end up with two Marvel movies that year Guardians and Captain America Winter Soldier in my top five another movie that might be in the running is Fury I thoroughly enjoyed Fury. Um, yeah, I think so. I think I would probably have to. Also, interesting that I didn't have X Men: Days of Future Past in there. I'm a really big fan of that movie, so it's kind of interesting to see where my head was at. You know, at the end of the year in 2014 when I was putting this list together. But anyway, that's so, the snapshot in time of what I was feeling that year. I'm gonna jump into a Christopher Nolan sidebar. Okay, just I'm because always in for a Christopher Nolan. Sidebar. Just because. There are so many movies out there in the world. Yes. The list of movies I'm about to read you, and you know this, obviously. Right. So for those of you out there that don't know this, are all directed by Christopher Nolan himself. Okay. Starting with the first one that I enjoyed. Batman Begins. Right. The start of arguably the greatest trilogy of the quote-unquote DC universe. And you could oh, yeah. argue it's up there, if not the best trilogy in terms of a superhero. Yeah, hands down. <clears throat> then he goes into The Dark Knight, which Heath Ledger is arguably the greatest villain in any movie I'll ever watch. Yeah, and I think The Dark Knight is up there with Logan for me for best superhero movie ever made. Ever. Yeah. And then he goes, well... I'm I'm good on Batman for a while. Let me do Inception. One of my so, top five. movies So you of sit all there time. and you go, you just get mind fucked by his movie. That's just a fun. I mean, it's a masterpiece. Like there's nothing bad to say about it again. Besides yeah. the fact that it mind fucks you, and you have to watch it a couple times before yeah. you're like, oh shit. <laughs> so then he goes, all right, enough with uh, you know mind fucking you. Let's go back to some great action movies. He goes, well, let's do The Dark Knight Rises, which people are like, oh, it's not that great. And I go, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's it's the really only reason good. you're it's saying it's not Knight. great is because Heath Ledger is not in the movie. Yeah. Heath Ledger Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight made that movie. Oh, it's one of the all-time performances. And when you take, you know, rest in peace, he's Heath Ledger. Literally that movie killed him. Yeah. And doing his role killed him. But that movie, yeah, of course it's going to make the next one bad. 
and, and quote, the Dark Knight quote, unquote, Rises, yeah, it's not, not bad. It's not bad it's, by any means. It's a very good movie and a good capstone on the Dark Knight trilogy. It's just like you said, coming on the heels of the Dark Knight, like Bane, just doesn't look phenomenal good. villain. Yeah, Bane's a badass. But you go from the Joker, who's the greatest Joker ever, to yeah. you know, it's it's just one of those things. Like people get so stuck on one movie that moving the next, like, no, oh, it's not going to be as good. It's like, well, yeah. it's a different movie. You know, enjoy it. Right. So he goes from that to let's mind fuck you again. Let's make Interstellar. Boom, oh mind God. fucking you. What a fantastic. Movie. Then he decides to go, you know what? Let's get historical on you bitches. Let's do Dunkirk. <laughs> and we saw oh, this together. Oh my, dude. In IMAX. We saw this together in IMAX. And as we left, I said, that is a masterpiece. Dude, we That's left and I was, I literally asked him, I go, should we go watch it again? And you were, we were both in agreement and we were like, I mean, Maybe. Like, we <laughs> was, were about to just turn back around and find another theater to go watch it. It is a masterpiece. I love that movie. And then, to top it off, which I haven't seen it yet this year, but you have, he made Tenet this year. Yeah. Which was, like, the only movie released this year. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, yes. Have you, so one movie that you skipped in there, which you may have skipped it because you haven't seen it. Have you seen The Prestige mm, that he directed? I did skip it on purpose. Because I don't think I've seen it, or if I did, it didn't stick. You should... I would say that's probably one of his... It's one of my lesser favorites, but The Prestige is a damn good movie. You should check it out at some point. Dude, what's with him and Christian Bale? Are they like best friends? I don't know. He's a big fan of Christian... And Michael Caine. I think Michael Caine's in every single Christopher Nolan Dude, that's a huge cast. Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Good movie. Well, I'll have to look at it. So, and just to continue on our weird little Christopher Nolan sidebar... Um, Tenet I'm going to have to rewatch it a couple times before I insert it into my ultimate Christopher Nolan rankings it's I don't know it's complicated it's a okay. it's complicated it's hands down the most complicated script he's ever written the plot to that movie it makes Inception look like it's easy to follow I swear <laughs> to God I swear to God Tenet well. is one of the most confusing movies I've ever seen and I've only seen it once so I don't even really understand probably thirty percent of the plot. So I'll have so to it could, it could it go from times. like you know question mark to being like this is the right. best movie ever. Exactly, seen. It, it is without a doubt a a work of genius. I, I don't know how to exactly describe it and rank it because it's very confusing. I've only seen it once. It's kind of like seeing Inception one time and then trying to rank that Inception. It requires you have to watch multiple viewings. Movies. Same with Interstellar. You really need multiple viewings for Interstellar as well. Um, so I would say top three Christopher Nolan movies for me are probably Interstellar, The Dark Knight, and Inception. And then with a close runner-up in number four, Dunkirk. I'm a big Dunkirk Dude, fan. That's a fun When we get to 2017 movie list... Yes. Oh, it's on. I'm just going to say it'll probably be in my top three. Because I can't yes. remember what movies were released in 2017. But it will be in my top three, if not... My number one. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, to kind of cut this conversation short, because we're going on a really random sidebar, I am a huge Christopher Nolan fan, so we can have a Christopher Nolan... So we'll get to all those movies as the years come by. Yeah, we will get to all of those movies, but um, let's just say that this is the first and not the last Christopher Nolan movie that's in a top five on these lists of these Or we'll probably come back and touch on it in our 2015 or something, whenever the next Christopher Nolan movie came out. So... Just to recap real quick, my top five for 2014 was Interstellar, The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies, Gone Girl, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Lego Movie. 
And mine was Interstellar, The Hobbit, Guardians, Fury, and Captain America. Solid top five, man. I'm a big fan of your list. There. Yeah. It's because I'm a genius. <laughs> you know um, what? Going, going back to movies, though, that we might have missed. Okay. Did you not see Maleficent? In- so I still have not seen, in terms of watching from start to finish, I have not seen. Okay. I've seen bits and pieces on TV, but Taya, know, Taya has seen those. She likes them. Like, I know you wanted to go into the like the highest grossing film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have it up, up right now if you want to look up the other thing that you want to look up. I can't remember what you wanted to look up. Go over highest grossing. I'll go over the best picture. So right. here are the top 10 highest grossing for 2014. So coming, we'll start at 10. Number 10, Interstellar. With uh, a six hundred seventy-seven million grossing, and yeah. this is worldwide, by the way, not just Christopher US. Nolan movies make a lot of money. Then at number nine, we have The Amazing Spider-Man Two uh, at seven hundred eight million. That's to be expected. Uh, at number eight, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes That's at seven hundred ten million. Yeah. Number seven, Captain America: The Winter Soldier yeah. at seven hundred fourteen. Number six, X-Men Days of Future Past at 746 okay. million. Number five, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 at 755 million. That makes million. sense. It's a big franchise. Number four, Maleficent, which is why really? uh, it brought up to, you know, came Maleficent into my mind. Maleficent in the top five. At wow. 758 trillion. <laughs> Uh, then Guardians at number three at seven hundred seventy-two million. That was a fucking smash hit, dude. And then The Hobbit came in at number two. Okay, that makes at nine hundred fifty-six million. And there was one movie that year that eclipsed a billion dollars. Can you guess what it was? In twenty fourteen, and it wasn't Captain America or Guardians. Damn, and it wasn't Interstellar. I don't know. Hit me with it. Transformers: Age oh. of Extinction posted a 1.1 billion dollar, you know, gross. I don't know why I didn't think of that. That makes sense. Because Transformers it's a shitty movies, movie. We always, all went in and we're like, woohoo! House. And then we're like, fuck, that was worthless. Dude, they just print money though. Those movies print money. Um, yeah. Thanks for running through that because I had that pulled up and I wanted to talk about that as well. One other thing I wanted to add to this episode that we didn't do for the 2013. Uh, movie recap is the movie that won best picture at the Oscars that year because this is something that else that I like to do so there's basically two things per year that I like to do as a you know quote unquote movie buff or movie fan right one of them is put together a list of all the movies I saw that year that came out that year rank them have my top five you know that's why we're doing these podcasts you all know that by now the other one is Whatever movie wins Best Picture at the Oscars, if I have not seen it, I will go watch it just because it won Best Picture. So I like to see what, you know, the quote unquote Academy of Arts and Sciences has deemed the best movie of the year. And in and in many cases, it's not a movie I saw on my own because it's not a movie I would have been interested otherwise. They're like all like small indie films or a whatever. A lot of them are, yeah, like weird artistic indie movies. So... The Best Picture winner for this year's crop of movies, so it obviously was awarded in 2015, but it's a 2014 movie, was Birdman. Have you seen Birdman with Michael Keaton? So it sounds really familiar. I mean, they won... Didn't they set like a record this year or whatever for the amount of awards they won? So, yeah, they got nominated for a lot. They, it looks like they won Because they won Best Oscars. Film, Best Director. It yeah. looks like they... They won, so they won best screenplay, yeah, best for original, the original screenplay, and and best cinematography. So they won four Oscars. They got also nominated for 
Best Actor in a Leading Role for Michael Keaton. Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Edward Norton. Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Emma Stone. And then Best Sound Mixing and Best Sound Editing. I went and watched, or I went and got this movie to watch this after it won the Oscar for Best Picture. It's a really good movie. Is it? Yeah. I'll have to watch it. It's a very weird... You know, I, I remember seeing commercials for it and seeing the trailer for it when it dropped and everything and just thinking, wow, it looks like a very bizarre movie. And then the buzz kind of got more and more hyped around it and the hype just kind of kept building and then the Oscars come out and it wins Best Picture and I'm like, okay, I got to check this out, see what this movie's about and it's really good and it's kind of meta in the sense that Michael Keaton is playing an actor who is on Broadway and he is writing and directing and starring in his own Broadway play and he's kind of a faded superhero movie star in in movies so which Michael Keaton kind of is in real life too because he played Batman back in the day and stuff so in that world in the world of this movie Birdman he played this character Birdman so it's kind of like Batman just just some other generic superhero and of course had like a three or four film run as this Birdman character and he's super famous and but he's kind of past all that and he's kind of his career has kind of faded a little bit and it's him trying to like prove that he's still still a got good it. actor and still got it and what's cool about this movie is it's this is what hyped up this movie a lot too cuz you know the oscars really go for this kind of like artsy fartsy shit well, but this is artsy fartsy shit that's really cool is the whole thing is shot like it's one continuous take so the camera, you know, you start off and you're following him or doing whatever. And then when he leaves a room after having a conversation, the camera just follows him and kind of continues into the next room. And you just do that the whole movie. And you just continue following these characters around. And then, like, characters will walk into the screen and walk off and do all this other kind of stuff. So the whole – it's kind of a gimmicky kind of trick. Almost like that movie 1917 that we saw. Like right. that movie shot that way where it's supposed to look like one continuous take. Right, where they're like fighting side by side. Right, yeah. So um, Birdman's a really good movie. And it's a movie that I actually need to go back and rewatch because I only saw it the one time after it won Best uh, best Picture. But you should check it out. It's a good movie. I'll have to look it up then. So anyway, I thought that would be kind of interesting as something to look at for movies that whatever you know whatever movie won best picture for whatever year that we're discussing um now that we've already two new categories we're going to bring in yeah two new categories um do we want to do that for 2013 while we're on here just so people yeah might as well that so we didn't do that for our 2013 movie flashback for that episode if you guys have already listened to that but we will do that for you now so are you going to pull up the top gross i'll pull up the the top grossing and this is okay just american films right um. Yeah, and then I'll go over the Best Picture winner for... So, obviously, the Best Picture winner for 2013 was awarded in 2014. Um, same thing for this year, that Birdman was awarded in 2015. It was a 2014 movie. Um, so, I have actually seen the Best Picture winner every single year from 2013 on, with the exception of one movie in 2019. I did not see the Best Picture winner. But I will save that for... Later discussions. Do you have it pulled up? Not coming up. We might have missed a movie on here, if this is correct. I think we went over this. So highest grossing films of 2013. Okay. Some of these don't aren't ringing a bell, but we'll go through them anyways. Thor: The Dark World at ten. Okay. Six hundred forty-four million. 
Man of Steel at number nine, six hundred sixty-eight million. Okay. Gravity at eight, seven hundred twenty-three million. Monsters U at seven hundred forty-three million. So okay. All of us college kids going back to yep. watch what we grew up with. Fast and Furious Six. Yeah, that makes sense. At seven hundred eighty-eight million. I don't remember that being on your list though. I don't think I saw it that year, actually. The Hunger Games Catching Fire at $865 million. Good movie. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog at number four, mm-hmm. $958 million. Despicable Me 2, <laughs> the second one. Okay. At f- in third with $970 million. Wow. Okay. Can you guess number two? It's a Marvel movie. Man, Iron Man two, Iron Man three. Oh, Iron Man three. Okay, one point two billion at number two. Yeah, I remember Iron Man three made a lot of money. Can you guess what the number one movie was on there? That I again, I don't think was on your list, and I'm hoping that this is the true list. If it's not on my list, I don't think I'm gonna be able to come up with off the top of my head. It's a Disney movie. Oh, was it Frozen? Do you want to build a snowman? Yeah, it was Frozen. One point two, almost one point three billion. Dude, that's nuts. But think back to 2013. Think, dude. Frozen took the world was by storm everywhere. Frozen was. It's still everywhere. It's still everywhere. (laughs) All right. So yeah, that was uh, the 2013 highest grossing films for the top ten. All right, a lot more money that. made that year than in 2014. Yeah, Let's put it that way. Certainly seems like it, because there were several over there that were in the billion dollar category. Which of course, you have only one you have four Disney thing. movies in the top ten and two Universal movies. I think right around there, 2013, 2014. Well, actually, probably from 2000 and like nine on, you start having this. Disney takeover where it's like the they just highest bought everybody too. yeah the highest grossing movies every year three out of the top five are all owned by Disney <laughs> um, okay the best picture winner for 2013 12 years a slave you ever seen that I did not because it's a fucking brutal movie man it's pretty brutal it's really good like don't get me wrong it's a pretty impressive it's a very historical movie yeah, isn't it yeah just a really impressive achievement in movie making and really good performances. But God, it's a brutal movie. Yeah, dude, the truth hurts. Yeah. And uh, it's a movie. So there are movies that come out. There's this one and another movie that probably actually won't come up. So I'll talk about it now. But it's the movie that Leo won his best acting Oscar for is The Revenant. Such a good movie. Two movies that. I will admit are very fantastic movies that I will probably, I've seen once and will probably never watch again. They're just, for whatever reason, really grueling experiences. And it's not like I'm ever going to be in the mood to be like, you know what I'm going to rewatch tonight on a Wednesday night for no reason? 12 Years a Slave. You know what I mean? Just- I mean, The Revenant's different. I mean, it's not, it's brutal. I think what's more brutal to me on it is the fact that there's a part where we just watched Leo laying on the snow covered ground for like 45 minutes. <laughs> we could have fucking cut that yeah, shit down really... to like three minutes. Well, there's a, there's and... actually, so there's a lot of that in 12 years a slave actually too. There's a scene where the main character is like, you know, has gone through some sort of obviously just horrible fucking harrowing experience. And he's like kind of tearing up or whatever. And he's like, the sun is setting and he's kind of gazing around. And then he, he eventually ends up like looking directly at the camera. 
and it's like the, it's playing this powerful score, you know, this powerful right. music and all this kind of stuff. But that one scene seems like it takes 15 minutes, and you're like, all right. Like, I get what you're going for. You're really wanting it to, like, sink in. But, like, can we move it along? I was Why told, is the scene so long? You know? I was told by people not to be named to not go see that movie. As a white person, they told me not to go see that movie. And I'm like, hmm. why? Like, it, it's a movie that's showing, like, American history. Yeah, it's based on historical events. It's, I mean, that's shit happened. You know. <laughs> If we don't learn history, we're bound to repeat it. So, yeah, like it's in terms of like a movie fan's perspective, it's a really good movie. But like I said, it's a pretty brutal experience to watch. It just the the poor guy's story. And I don't actually know if this was based on a true story or not. The actual the actual character in the movie. I want to say it was, but don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. But what happens to that character is just terrible. So essentially, he is a free black man, and he's like a musician. I think he plays some sort of instrument, a violin or something. So it is a 12 Years a Slave is a 2013 biographical period drama film and adaptation of the 1853 go. slave memoir, 12 Years a Slave by Solomon Northup. There you go. So it is based on a true story. So... And then he ends up getting basically tricked by these people into like following them to go do some sort of a concert. Right, because he was a free man. Yeah. And they trick him into being basically sold into slavery. And he spends 12 years as a slave after being a free man prior to that. Dude, it's just a really fucking sad, brutal movie. But really great directing, really great acting. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch, Michael Fassbender... The main character is played by, and I'm going to butcher his name, Chewetil Ewetfor. I don't know how you're supposed to say it, but <clears throat> something like that. He's actually been in the Marvel movies. He's in Doctor Strange and stuff. Um, he, just a, He's a really tremendous actor. And I think he either won Best Actor or got nominated this year as well for that movie. I mean, it's just de- definitely a milestone movie in like the last 10 years of movie making. And I would say probably deserves to have won Best Picture that year. But like I said, I'm not going to revisit that movie anytime soon. It's just a very grueling experience. So, let's not end on such a sour fucking <laughs> note. That was a really down note. But anyway, that was, way the, to go, Zach. that was the Best Picture winner and the top, what, 10 grossing movies from mm-hmm. 2013 since we didn't talk about that in our 2013 movie flashback. But, congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. You have just... Concluded the 2014 movie flashback. So, we have more of these going all the way up through... Obviously, I have complete lists going all the way through 2019. Um, we are in December now, officially. I was just so saying, 2020 is going to have a massive yeah, asterisk next to it. I will be putting together my list in within the next month, and we'll see what it looks like. We can have... That'll be kind of the capstone on this podcast series for now, and that will, you know, obviously... Huge asterisks on that one because of the pandemic. There's been barely any movies you know released since Maybe March, for 2020, so. what we'll do is we'll just do best movies re- or like watched in the year of there 2020. Because like there you said, there, there's yeah. been, there was movies released through like about March and then that's right. when they pretty much stopped. Right. I mean, there's supposed to be a lot of big ones too. Yeah. And they've pushed so. a lot of the big ones. So probably several movies that would have made my top five have just been straight up canceled and like moved to next Bond. year. Yeah. James Bond and like the new Dune movie and. Black a couple Widow. other ones. Black Widow hasn't come out yet. So, 
We'll see what that looks like. I mean, there have been some releases here in 2020, so there will be some sort of a list. It'll just probably be nowhere near 35 or 50 movies long like some of these older lists are. But um, still kind of an interesting exercise, you know, just to kind of go back and look at a snapshot in time, what I was thinking about movies in 2014 and 2013 and stuff like that. So, yeah. So um, next episode will be a 2015 movie flashback. You guys will probably hear from us Sooner than that, though, on our next football weekly recap. So <laughs> we are actually currently recording this on was it Tuesday, December first? Because Tuesday, December first, because there's a football game on yeah, Wednesday, on, December second. Yes, the Ravens and Steelers game this week has been postponed multiple times from Thanksgiving Day all the way to tomorrow at like which was two supposed to be afternoon. played today. <clears throat> so. Technically, what is this? Week twelve is not concluded yet. Week twelve will <laughs> conclude tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, it will conclude tomorrow. Hopefully. So we will be able to do our weekly recap at that point. But you know, since Matt and I are such gracious podcast hosts, we decided to get together anyway and give you guys some podcast content in the meantime. And we have some new news. We are now the owners and operators of an Instagram page. Oh shit. Where we will be posting more than likely pictures of either just the two of us chilling at the table talking or just the setup or just a screenshot of the episode that was released that night or the next morning. Um, so feel free to go give us a follow. I believe it's just browsing. Um, yep. I'll I double, double check, check cuz you know, I decided to let Zach take the reins on that one while I control the Facebook page. <laughs> Spread the wealth. Yeah. Uh, let's Let see. see. It's just browsing podcast. Yeah. All together, so, all lowercase. Yeah. No underscores or anything like that. No capitals. Just just browsing podcast on Instagram. Um, go out there, give us a follow. We just started that off recently. We do have the Facebook page, as Matt mentioned, still. Just browsing. <clears throat> yep. And we are out there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever you get your your podcast. So Google. Yeah. Go out there, check us out. Rate, review, subscribe, all, Tell that, your friends. all that good stuff. Um, we hope you guys enjoy the movie flashback podcast, and you know, hopefully, you're still enjoying the weekly football recaps. I think we're going to continue those through the end of the fantasy season, and then stop that for a while, and then come back at the conclusion of the football season. Right. We'll, we'll probably do. Uh, we'll probably end. I mean, the conclusion of the fantasy season, I think, is going to be week 16 of the NFL season. So we might do one more week on top just to finish right. the regular season and right. maybe do like a playoff primer. But yeah. then I think we might come back and do one maybe pre-Super Bowl after yeah, we've seen the divisional and the, the championship weeks come and go. Mm. And then we'll do probably an NFL recap uh, for the season after the Super Bowl and maybe uh, – you know, we'll, maybe we can do some more research and we'll do like a look forward of what some teams need to do in terms of teams we expected to be better than right. than whatnot. So, yep. but for now, just be looking out for the next episode, which will probably come out. I would say Thursday, but you know, don't quote me on this, uh, just because that's when week twelve lend. <laughs> Thursday, yeah, weird football week this week. Um, but I would say we'll, we might get another one out this week. If not, maybe we'll just do a double uh, yeah, there we go. NFL next week. Crossing our fingers, it's a normal NFL weekend. Yeah. Um, and then I'd probably say if we do a double NFL next week, we'll probably come back out with 2015 the following week. 
Yep, probably. Or we could do 2015 next week and then the following week. We'll, we'll, we'll work out a schedule. Because <laughs> I know for sure that I want to get you guys a Christmas-themed podcast, yes, whether it's on movies, yeah. music, or just we get drunk on – nah, fuck eggnog. We just get drunk Some and have fun talking about Christmas. Yeah. I agree. That sounds fun. You know, maybe we'll just do that. Yeah. We'll do that before Christmas, obviously. That way you guys, when you're sitting at home with your families enjoying the holidays, you can tune in to just browsing and be like, you know what? They're spitting fun facts, just not family friendly. <laughs> but, it, but it's fun. Probably not family friendly. Friendly, yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, we'll... Yeah. Uh, We'll keep in touch. Follow the the Instagram page. Um, follow the Facebook. We you know we post everything out there, so you'll be up to date with the newest, latest, and greatest episodes of Just Browsing. And you know, from both Zach and I, we thank all of you for your support. And we'll, we'll talk to you guys again here. We'll probably probably within a week. Yeah. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in. Adios.